to like put someone off of the importance of the Ten Commandments just because I was fighting with them on the number 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Switching gears a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll come back and look, look at a couple of things. But switching gears a little bit, uh, one of the big discussions, we're going to have Jonathan come in. We're going to have Ben come in. We're going to discuss this one question with them when they come in too. And that's going to be, does God change his mind? And it's a, it's a big, important question. I mean, we, we ran into it in recent weeks. I can't talk. Words are just bleh. Maybe we do. Nope, I can't do that accent. It would, it would get us canceled. <laughs> <laughs> One of the seven people who listen to us will cancel us. <laughs> so in recent weeks, we crossed over the idea that God changed his mind when he was going to go kill all of Israel. And Moses said, as Andy so eloquently put it, since I'm standing here between you and them, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you exactly where I was walking when that phrase hit, my, hit me in the ears. I was like, that's such a great way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. But so, okay, mm. does God change his mind? And if he does, what does that mean? What does that imply about his character? And what, what do we infer about who he is with that information? So I want to jump on this first because this is a perfect example of something that I've been trying to find a good example of as we've gone through the Bible. Yes. <laughs> Where the, the two like most common approaches I've seen to try to answer a question like this are okay, I know the right answer is no, God doesn't change his mind. Let's find the Bible verses that show I'm right. Yes, okay. And read all those. Uh-huh. And then somebody's going to be come to me and say, well, what about these Bible verses that suggest maybe he does? And I'm going to show why those Bible verses don't say what they mean or okay. don't mean what they say. Yes. I'm like, okay, please never do that ever. No. Like, <laughs> please don't start with the answer and then go to the Bible to prove you're right. Yes. Mm. Like, that's just, no, no, don't do that. That's, that's not how science works. That's not no. how rhetoric works. That's not how any of it works. It's, mm. but in, no. in science, you have a theory, and you test your theory, but you don't make the lab do what you want it to do just because you have a theory. Right. That's a, that's a good example. Good, yeah. Good, good well, work, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, so that, that's like the normal way of doing things. Mm. The yeah. more recent way of doing things is... A thing that actually, like, there are studies about how this has hit, especially younger evangelicals recently. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, both sides are in the Bible. So who can tell? Who knows? We're just going to have to say, I don't know, and, and not have a stance on this. I'm like, that's just giving up is also not the answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, this is one of those things where I'm like, yes, this is a perfect example of you can gain some ground on this. It's just going to be hard and require some work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just, like, pick the first thing you think of, and you can't just give up. It's going to take work. Oh, man. It's going to be a little bit unpleasant. <laughs> and, Andy, I'm, I'm going to have to annoy you just a little bit here. Like, you, you just wandered in the middle of a, like a, an example that I heard once that is like, it's great, but it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to cross across the Old Testament <laughs> to the New Testament line. 
it's not not specifically about Jesus, okay. it's, but it's All about right. it's, it's about the culture of yes. the of the time, yes. which was that um, when it when it came to trying to figure out how to engage with the the dominance of their faith over their daily lives and how that interacted with the um, uh, with, with the the Romans that were with them and like, how to how to go into that and so you had you had the you had the, the four uh, sectarian movements mm-hmm. of Judaism you had the uh, the, had the the Pharisees and the Sadducees which interacted with Rome and they tried to have some sort of political influence over the Jews that they they would go to Rome to get the influence over the Jews so they could have that so that they could have their you know have have their lives dictated like that and so in different they, ways and to different extents but they yes tried to work within the system yes and then you had uh, then you had the zealots yep who were like no we're going to overthrow these these oppressors so that we can have our affairs only to ourselves we're going to kill all the bad people mm-hmm. yes and then you had the Essenes who were like I'm going to go sit in the corner and color that's right <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out into the desert you guys can do what you want yeah and <laughs> But it was like, but it was like, it it was, it was either like, I'm going to engage with it in this way, or I'm going to engage with it in this way, or I'm going to completely disinvolve myself with it. Disinvolve isn't a word, but that's, that's what came out. But yeah, but it's, I'm I'm going to completely uh, remove myself from the situation. And I heard someone actually talking about the way that Jesus went into that situation with the the question about taxes. Yeah. Hmm. Because they, they, they asked you him. You told me this wasn't going to come back to Jesus. Well, it, it, like, okay, he's, keep, he's, keep going. he's there. He's there but but it's, it's, about, it's about them. It's about the sectarian, like, things that are there. Mm. And, you know, and his answer was like, his answer was like, well, let's, let's actually make this about God's dominance, what's actually important. Yeah. If Caesar wants his stuff back, give him his stuff. Uh, but let's, let's talk about how we give God his stuff. And, and I think with, with our discussion here, mm. it's important for us to not, not be the Essenes, we're like, like, oh, well, it's unknowable, so let me go sit in the corner and color. And we also don't make it into a blood sport like the zealots <laughs> and like and just try and kill someone over like the, the answer that we need it to be. Hmm. Uh, yeah. but, mm-hmm. but we have to find some way to actually like to have fellowship. Like the, mm-hmm. I don't mean like the way that Baptists mean fellowship, like you, you bring corn and I bring green <laughs> beans and we all buy chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's like the... the, the um, <laughs> Yeah, Ben Ben gave a, a so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> no, ben gave a great sermon on this, like talking about what fellowship actually means. The mm. word it's a it's partnership and mission. It's the it's the actually it's the, uh, the shoulder to shoulder doing the the work together. And if we can like if we can have ourselves dedicated to that, then it's all about the kingdom of God, and not about being right. Mm. Yeah. Because we like if we put His kingdom first, you know, like seek the kingdom first, all of righteousness and these things will be all all that stuff like. When you, when you seek the answer together and work hard at it and beat your head against the wall, that's actually when you start you start whittling away at what the actual truth is. Because this, we're talking about the character of God. We're not talking yeah. about the color brown. Right. Mm-hmm. All right there's, there's like 15 colors of brown, and they're all really dumb names except for the color brown. Uh, <laughs> but it's like it's there, there's a limit to the number of browns. There's no limit to the, the facets of the character of God. So let's and, do it. Let's do some of the hard work. And all right, look at this. All right. Mm-hmm. Did, did so first thing I think you, first thing I think you should do is look at the Bible passages. Yeah. Go, all right. Let's so go. So like I personally don't think word studies are generally used very well or effectively or generally are a bad idea, but yeah. it's a good way to start here. <laughs> let's do one. <laughs> well, it's a good way to start. Yeah. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. the problem is you. The problem is usually I think that you do a word study and you look at every place this one word is used. Mm. 
but that's not how you use language. Like, sure, sure, yeah. If a synonym is used, it's probably talking about the same topic. Mm. Yes, that's why it's a synonym. (laughs) Uh It's like, but word studies usually just ignore that sort of thing. Anyway, but still, just looking at how this word is used is a good start. So, just looking at all the places where like God changes His mind in one way or another, you end up with well, we hit. Sometimes it's translated more like God regretting, so a similar sort mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. Like during the flood. Like during the flood, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that's the first time in the Bible he regrets something. It's uh-huh. in the flood. He changes his mind. And that's the Hebrew word. It says regret, or like that's what yeah. we would say. Oh, okay. Huh. Um, but, like, you look at these different things, and you're like, okay, so a lot of them happen in the prophets, and usually it's like God is regretting either Israel's behavior Mm-hmm. Or he changes his mind, and usually in the prophets of God changes his mind. It's because he said he's going to kill them all. And then he decides, you know what? I'm not going to kill all the Israelites. They're my people, <laughs> even if they deserve to all die. Mm. Right. It's like, and so, you're like, okay. So. And they go, they'll go, yay, question mark. Right. Like, the, <laughs> the point, like, I, I'm just saying, like, I was reading through all these. I'm like, I'm really, if I actually read the Bible passages in context, I get a very strong impression the point is not about whether God changes his mind or not, mm-hmm. which, if we're honest, none of us really care. Like, mm-hmm. there are theological, like, abstract philosophical reasons why it would matter, but I don't know of anyone other than myself who is like, yes, it really matters whether God changed his mind or whether that's an anthropomorphism. That is what mm-hmm. determines whether God is good. Like, uh-huh. no, most people don't care. <laughs> It's like they they want to know stuff like, does God change his mind? Does that mean he's going to change his mind about me? Mm. Right. Like, does yeah. that mean when he made a promise to me, he's going to change his mind and not do that after all? Yeah. Like, well, because we are we are predisposed to the negative of 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 character implications. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like, because if you if you tell me that God changes his mind. I don't immediately go to the fact that he changed his mind about destroying me because I sin. <laughs> That's not where my yeah. brain goes. The first place my brain goes is like, if God changes his mind, then like, am I saved forever? Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 exactly where my brain will go, and that's because we're predisposed to um, being afraid of uh, the um, uh, inconsistency. Yeah. With people changing their minds, I'm mean, like, who's who who wasn't a kid whose mom said, "Hey, we're all going to go to the pool." this week and then mom had a day and she can't manage you and your siblings and keep you all not drowning in a pool and so the answer had to be no yeah, yeah. and and like but you 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 come back to her and you say but you said and so like that's that's that you know where we all have that wound in varying degrees um <laughs> well that's a perfect example of what i was saying is the weakness of word studies mm-hmm. because if that's the question you're actually trying to answer mm-hmm. The whole book of Exodus is addressing the question. Yes. Right? You don't need to look for one verse that talks about God changing his mind. The answer mm-hmm. is the whole book of Exodus, which is why it's sort of the foundation of Judaism. Right. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about the character of God. Exactly. The, it, if the question is his faithfulness, the then yes, that that story right there. And, you know, it's it's preceding uh, stories, with uh, with uh, with Jacob Israel his his kids with Joseph is all <laughs> all st- it, it's it's his resume it's it's yeah. his what do you call it mm. VC uh, it's about like um, or CV there we go CV. yeah it's, it's, it's his CV it's 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 everything that, that he did up to that point in time saying no I when I say a thing's gonna happen mm. it's 
it's, it's going to happen. And it happens in a timing that actually works really, really, really well. And it happens powerfully, too. And sometimes in a way that you wish you had a camera back then just to see how it, <laughs> how it all shut down. Mm. Uh, let's go to the other side. Yeah. So I, I do like where you were saying, like, let's think about the implications of answers to this question. Because usually... Like if you just get dogmatic about it and, and you're not looking at what the Bible passages are trying to say about God, you're mm-hmm. answering the abstract question of God's, does God ever change his mind? Mm-hmm. Like then you get into like, okay, nothing God ever does could change anything. So what's the point of prayer? I would say when you What's said the point of intercession? that your mind immediately goes to like salvation, which is a, a, a valid, right? Yeah. Implication. You can think about that. My mind immediately goes usually to prayer and like, what's the point of praying then? at all if if God never changes his mind or or if there's never that like to what degree is human involvement with God working and yeah. that's I think a huge question <laughs> yeah I think that's the question when it comes to talking about prayer is like mm. does this actually have any sort of does it do anything effect yeah does yeah. It, does this yeah like it, it, <clears throat> is this like a kid asking mom and dad for a popsicle when like mom and dad already intend on giving that kid a freezy and it was like, it's like, it's coming, but like they make it look like it was their idea. Cause like, yeah, you got a good idea. Well, we're all going to, are you going to do this? So we, we know that God doesn't do that. Well, we don't suspect that he does. He might. Well, I mean, there's basically been, I'm going to slightly oversimplify, oversimplify, but this is pretty accurate. There's basically been three answers to the question, right? There's been uh-huh. no prayer doesn't do anything in the sense that what was going to happen was always going to happen. Hmm. And yeah. you should pray. Usually there's some sort of explanation. Like it helps you, like it changes you. Yeah. But it doesn't actually change anything else. Right. It doesn't change God. It changes your heart. Right, and, exactly. And the things you're asking for and all that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. On the other side, you have, yes, God answers prayer. So apparently, you can change the outcome of things. Yeah. And then you've had several attempts to try to get both sides. Because <laughs> you can uh-huh. sort of, like everybody Sounds can. Like hard work. <laughs> it, it is hard work. Every, I mean, everybody, everybody sort of gets the gut feel that... God is not just screwing with us. Mm. Like intercession and prayer, like are a real thing that really do have an impact for some somehow. But at the same time, in some sense, or maybe some situations or something, like God has a plan for F for X and that's going to happen and nothing's gonna change that. Right? Like so everybody kind of feels like both of those are true in some way. So how do you how do you fit that together? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't want to say the best example. Aquinas had awesome discussions of this that I really don't want to say because it kind of shuts down the argument because whether I don't necessarily think he's right but his argument is just so brilliant everybody mm. stops talking so mm. oh hit us no I'd love to be speechless so, let's just keep going and we'll come back to it later oh, okay all right. after we've had a chance to talk <laughs> all right well and think. Uh, I, I think one of the other implications we have if, if God changed his mind then um, what what of the need for the satisfaction of justice if uh, if God would ever change his mind, then um, does that does that then imply that we need to satisfy justice at all points in time, or can I just be a sinful person and it's all going to be okay because he's just going to change his mind? Hmm. You mean is he going to change his mind on the penalty of my sin? Exactly. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that. All those examples, it seems, I, and I, I say this not saying, like, I'm thinking of every example where God 
changed his mind in scripture. We can talk about each of those. Yeah. But as far as the ones I can think of, um, the changing his mind is always to go, <laughs> the, word, the word usage, back to his covenantal promise <laughs> that he made as far as like with Israel. He's like, I'm going to make you guys a great nation. We're going to do this. And so um, his desire it seems wanting to wipe them all out. Moses is like, wait, remember, <laughs> remember your promise, remember your covenant. Uh-huh. And then the word of like God relenting from that. Um, it's really weird. Like, it, it, right. In this idea of maybe what we're trying to grapple with is God's sovereignty and all that. But what, what he's doing is staying faithful to his promise to these people that are being unfaithful, <laughs> um, which tells us a lot about God and his character which, you know, if you take anything from that.